You are listening to Space Midrash. The space age has arrived and our culture, our civilization, is unprepared. The narrative collapse is in effect. It can lead established cultures to irrelevancy, or we can lead each other into the future we want to become. I believe in an artful and ethical humanity thriving amongst the cosmos. But we will only become those people if we tell the story that inspires us to become those people. This is Space Midrash, episode 23, titled Jewish Education in the Space Age with Rachel Raz. Welcome to Space Midrash. In this latest episode, we are continuing to explore the intersection of space and Judaism with the one and only Rachel Raz. In a world where leadership and multidisciplinary visionaries are more important than ever, Rachel is at the forefront of innovation and creativity, specifically taking Jewish education and discussions into places that they want to go, but no one has started having those discussions. She is the executive producer of the groundbreaking documentary Space Torah, but her expertise goes far beyond that. Rachel is a talented writer, educator, and mentor with a passion for creating meaningful experiences that inspire people to learn and grow. I first came across Rachel's work through the PJ Library, where her children's book have become a household favorite of ours. But it was through a private screening of the Space Torah documentary that I truly saw her in action. Her ability to weave together science and spirituality, history and innovation, is nothing short of remarkable. She saw a story that needed to go out into the world and she was able to put together the team and bring it to the world. And it's that same passion and dedication that has led her to become the world's first Jewish space historical documentarian, as far as I know. So in this episode, Rachel shares her insights and experiences from working on the Space Torah Project to the broader implications of Jewish culture in space exploration. With her infectious energy and deep knowledge, Rachel is the perfect guide to help us understand the significance of this exciting and rapidly evolving field. So sit back, relax, listen, and get ready to be inspired by one of the most visionary thinkers in the Jewish community right now. Rachel, thank you so much for the mentorship you've provided to the Space Midrash Project, and thank you so much for agreeing to have that interview with me. It was such a pleasure to speak with her. So this is a conversation you won't want to miss. This is Space Midrash, episode 23, a conversation with Rachel Raz. This is like... Is the fourth time I've I've been in your presence. One time I saw you show Space Torah Project on a live Zoom. And then we spoke one time after that. And then I got to see the Space Torah showing at the Houston Jewish Film Festival, which was awesome because it's connected to Houston. And I, now I'm speaking to you again here today, which is my honor. That's one of the blessings, I think, of this project that I get to meet so many people and to have the opportunity also to meet them in person or to dive into deeper conversation, it's, it's a bonus. So I'm delighted to be here. How many years into this project are you in the Space Tour project? 
So it started in 2016. So right now it's eight, seven years. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Time passed fast. And I can't believe that it's been seven years. So where do you live and how do you spend your time? So I live in Waltham, a suburb of Boston, about 20 minutes out of Boston. Spending my time, ooh. So I look at time as, as really as a blessing and I'm trying to use it. What does it mean to use it? It's another question. One of the things that for me is very super important is family. So trying to engage with my, the core family that I have here in my house, my, my husband, my daughter, and now my, son, my son-in-law, they just got married, uh, trying to spend time through on the phone with family in Israel. And so it's very important for me, family. It's uh, important also the community, local community that I'm involved with. And with many different projects, and mostly in education, trying to do good in the world in many different ways. It can be through the Space Tour project and inspiring people around the globe. It can be in person or via Zoom. I also work at Moshe Houses, at Moshe House, working with young adults, 22 to 32. I'm working with American Jewish University, mentoring students, doing lots of things, Israel education and, and other things and other consulting and lectures. So trying to be involved in good things. That's, and in between, I do try to take care of myself and go to the pool and go on hikes. And of course, cook and clean and do all of the rest of the stuff that we need to function. What are you currently reading or watching? So I'm actually reading at the moment a book. It's called From Benghazi to Bergen-Belsen. And Benghazi is the name of the city in Libya that actually my grandmother grew up there. And Bergen-Belsen is where the concentration camp was. And she was actually, she was sent to the concentration with her family. That's not a story that's well known about the Jews of Northern Africa. And unfortunately, when she was alive, I didn't know to actually ask questions. And I, did, I don't really know her story. I just knew that she lived there. She was in Bergen-Belsen. She was freed and... I knew part of the story, and when I saw that this book came out, I said maybe it will give me a little bit of an insight about her story. So I'm reading this at the moment, and it's actually raising many questions that I go back to my mom and aunt and trying to figure out maybe they can help me with my own family puzzle. So it is fascinating. About watching, I don't really watch anything in particular at the moment. Sometimes I like to see some TV shows that also like period time that take me to other places in time. But at the moment, I'm really, I would say, a little bit too busy and just like collapsing every night from like doing things. I'm very lucky to be right now in a creative mode. And during that time, I don't have a lot of time to binge watch, even though sometimes I do. Sometimes I need it and I do, but not in this particular day. So you yourself have produced a lot of media. We're going to talk about the movie, of course, but you've also produced books, which I happen to have some of on our bookshelf. What shapes your drive when you have to get to one of those endpoints with some sort of media project that you're driving? So with my children book, the ABC Israel and Colors of Israel, it's actually started by me taking picture when I was in Israel and sharing Israel with students and family and the community. And after a while, I asked myself, why am I only sharing it with a small group of people? Let's make it into a book so then it can make a bigger impact. 
So in 2012, I published my first book, The ABC Israel, and in 2015, The Colors of Israel. And I was very fortunate that the PGA Library actually picked both of them, and each one went out to 20,000 families, so making a really bigger impact. So that was the story with The Colors of Israel and with children books. Lately, I actually just published the biography of my father, and it's a new book. It came out in Hebrew, but I'm going to work on it and translate it to English. And it's actually it's called Connection of Culture. It's his biography, but it's also the story of the birth of the state of Israel, because he was born in Palestine, Eretz Israel, in 1936. So through his eyes, I learned a little bit about what was on the ground as a child when he was 12, 13, when Israel was established. He was also very involved in the health system in Israel and bringing technology to Israel in the 50s. And in the 60s. And so through his story, I learned a lot about Israel. And I made it into a book because we had lots of articles. We had lots of documents that he saved. And over the years, he shared some stories. But during COVID, I actually decided to do what we are doing now and just interviewed him and put it together. And it was obvious that this should be a book because it was there was nothing visual that was as needed to be in a platform of a, of a film, for example, like the film Space Dora. Each project has a different reason and a different needs and a different way of doing it. So I'm not just, I didn't get up in the morning and I said I want to be an author or I want to be a movie filmmaker, but it was more of, there was something I wanted to share and that was the right platform. And I did it. Sometimes I actually record myself and do videos like me reading the book for children or writing articles. So whatever is the right tool for the right. So talking about your father's biography, that's very interesting to go back there, to go back 90 years to pre-state Israel and tie in on history like that. I'm curious from your perspective now, especially producing this book, but also as you know, someone here in 2022, three with children and somebody also works with youth what does it mean to be jewish in the 21st century and and has that changed since you were young or since your father was young so i have to say that one of the things that i'm very lucky to be raised with jewish pride to understand the value of judaism to the world and it's not just for the sake of continuity but really to understand the beauty and the value that it's bringing to humanity. For example, Shabbat, how it's universal and very important for all of us, many of the values of asking questions like in Passover. And because of that, I think that for me, it's very, it's not different, I would say, from uh, 500 years to today or into the future, because values are very strong and actually stand time. And in some way, that's the reason when we did the Space Torah, for me, it was important when I heard Jeff Hoffman, the astronaut, talking about taking with us this ancient text to the future as a pioneer Jew in space. It was actually sending the message that this text is still relevant. It was written thousands of years ago, and it's still very relevant today. And it will be relevant in the future when we're taking it. And I found the same things also with my father is the value that he grew up. The idea that no matter where you are sitting in the world, if his family actually started their journey in Egypt. And it doesn't matter that you started there and now you're in Israel and now I'm in America. We still have this wisdom that if we learn and study and understand it and use it, bring goodness to the world, it has a value. So for the 21st century, for young people, 
if you don't really know yet the value and the richness of Judaism that it can bring to your own life and to the world, I encourage everybody to study it because I think the more you get this understanding, you feel that it's enriching our life and enriching the world and also have a sense of pride of what we are bringing to the world. Let's go into questions about the Space Torah Project now. My first question, though, is before the Space Torah Project, do you have any memories or particular personal affinity with any space mission or anything space before meeting Dr. Hoffman? Absolutely. Uh, the mission that really made a big impact on me, it's the mission of the Columbia in 2003 with the Israeli astronaut. I remember that pride that every Israeli felt, and I think also many Jews around the world, that felt that Ilan Ramon is representing the Jewish people and the Jewish state. And everybody followed him. And like I knew which song he chose to sing, to listen to in the morning. And the small Torah that he decided to bring with him, the Torah that went, that was rescue from a Holocaust. And I remember like really following him each day. And I remember that when he was, shuttle was on, across Israel. So children in Israel were talking to him and he did some experiment for them. So all of this pride. And of course, I remember the awful tragedy. We were all waiting and excited for him to come back. And, and unfortunately, this week we are commemorating the 20th anniversary of the um, explosion of the Colombia. So definitely this is one that I remember very well and very strongly the positive, the positivity of it. And of course, the tra tragedy end of that. At this point in time, 20 years later, has the positive influence of Ilan Ramon, has that legacy kind of outstood the fear and the kind of thinking it was over from the Columbia disaster in the popular Israeli perception of the space program. So actually, no, the idea was not to look at it as a gloom, just to as a shadow or something negative, but really look at the light or the path that he was putting forward, because this wasn't his style at all. The idea was... You know, tragedies happen and bad things happen. The thing is, like, how do we become stronger and continue forward? This is also the story of the Jewish people in many ways, between uh, Purim and, and Hanukkah and Passover. It's always you know, things ha bad things happen and we continue and we are stronger. So the Ramon Foundation in Israel is investing a lot in education and in space education all over Israel. And they just finished this week was Space Week in Israel. Several astronauts came and they held a program all over the country. I'm in touch with the Ramon Foundation because actually in March I'm taking astronaut Jeff Hoffman to Israel and we're going to, do, to have lots of events there. So there's lots of investment actually in Israel and looking at Ilan Ramon as their... He's, he will always stay their first Jewish astronaut. He will always be a sense of pride and will be the pioneer to lead Israel into the space era. And definitely now with the Israeli first commercial astronaut, Eitan Stiba, and lots of other work at the Bereshit One to, to land on the moon, and now two that they are working on. So there is definitely lots of excitement in following the footsteps of Ilan Ramon and his family. How did you meet Dr. Hoffman? So in 2016, a colleague of mine at work at Hebrew College in Boston told me that a Jewish astronaut is coming to give a talk to the rabbinical school, actually, and to talk about science and spirituality. And he invited me to come, and I just went. So I'm very thankful to this friend, Harvey, that he invited me to come. And I was very surprised because I didn't know anything about Jeff Hoffman until that day. I really came because I never met an astronaut without any background. 
And I was very surprised because he shared with us that he went on five space missions. He fixed the Hubble telescope. And then he shared that his first flight was actually during Passover. He wanted to take a matzah. And of course, we know what happened to matzah on Earth with gravity. It's all of the crumbs fall on the floor and on the table. But in space, everything will float. So he didn't get the approval to go. And they actually sent him with some kind of a tortilla. That was the matzah of space. And he shared a picture of that. And then he said that he wanted to take mezuzot on each one of his flights. And, of course, you can't put it in the door, but he put it where he slept. And he showed us a picture of that. And then he showed more and more pieces from that flight. So that was my first time that I met Jeff and was very inspired. And I was also surprised because I said, like, how come I don't know this story? It's a fascinating story, a good story. And this is when I reached out to him to invite him to actually work on this project. Dr. Hoffman's story is interesting in that they took some of the video while he was up there, but in a way it was like a TikTok that was 20 years too early and there's no good way to share it. You came in there and you connected with him and saw this as an opportunity to share this story. How long did it take to process that, the relationship there and turn that into the movie once you started working and expanding on the story there? Yeah, so when I met him, I was actually Googling to see if I can find the original footage that he shared of him unfolding a reading for the Torah. And when I couldn't find it, I reached out and asked him, where can I find it? And he said, ah, it's nowhere, it's on my computer. And I said to him, what do you mean on your computer? It's 20 years after. Like, I was like, I actually crashed so many computers in 20 years. I was like, (laughs) afraid that this will happen to his. And he said, yeah, I've been busy. So I immediately actually asked him if he'll be open to share and make it a film together because I knew by the footage that he shared that there was enough material that it need to be visual. It need to be a film. And he said yes if it's done professionally. So we exchanged a card. At that time, my card says that I am the director of the Early Childhood Institute at Hebrew College. I don't know how much he thought about me as a filmmaker. And I took his card and I went home and I shared it with my husband. I said to him, look, I, we need to take it out of his computer. We need to preserve it. We need to share it. We need to do something. So he said to me, so just do it. And this is how the project was actually started to roll. And I never made a film in my life, like a short film here and there for education, but nothing of this scale. So I started doing homework because when you don't know how to do something, you need to do lots of research and find the right people. And that I know how to do. So I actually was very fortunate that I was led actually to Rob Cooper, our director, he is, he is the co-founder of Verissima Production. He and his wife, Pam, for over 40 years, making a documentary film, a historical film. They're excellent in doing that, that their expertise. They did probably over 50 or even 70 films. And when I told him that I want to work on it, immediately he said, sure, I'm with you. He was very excited. Without me having funding, without me having any background, and he was he really understood the importance of that and I'm very grateful for him and we start sitting and talking about different scenarios what if we just how much everything will cost because I knew that I need to pay the team the crew him and and we sat and we actually came up with three scenarios if it's going to be like a 10 minutes film just with original footage maybe one interview it will be about $15,000 if we go to the film that we made today it's going to be about $100,000 if we're going to do a one-hour-long film and maybe bring other astronauts from different faith and talk about faith in space, 
to be on a bigger scale. And then we actually, I started doing fundraising and we started to do research and I found a rabbi and I found other pieces and started to put pieces together. And Rob brought a wonderful team, including a musician and video and photographer and other people. And everybody was so thrilled and excited to work with us and actually really gave us discounts. So, so it's really a work of love and passion of so many people that, and, that believed in the mission uh, to really preserve and share this story. So the film was done at 2020, summer of 2020, which was COVID. We were very thankful to do the last recording about a week before COVID, the shutdown. We actually did a recording remotely in Houston. Then the team, actually, the, the editor and the musician were all stuck at home. So they had time to actually sit and put it all together. And we were very lucky. We finished it in summer 2020. So it took about three years in the making because, again, we didn't have funding ahead of time. It was a very, it was an interesting journey. And then I took actually distribution class because it's one thing to finish a film, to know what to do next with a film. And thanks to this remarkable distribution class that I took with over 250 other filmmakers from around the globe, the film now is in over 40 film festivals in 10 countries. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I'm doing screening around the globe in March, taking him to Israel. And I saw you in, in Houston. So it's been a journey. Yeah, let's talk about that journey. I got to see it at the Houston Jewish Film Festival which was really great because uh, you were there, your director was there, Dr. Hoffman was there, Rabbi Osachi was there. Y'all got to have a panel afterwards. So I want to start with what's been the reception showing this to Jewish communities around the world? What have people been saying? What, how have their feelings been changing as a result of hearing this story? A couple of things. First of all, the biggest response is thank you. Thank you for making sure that this story is preserved and shared and for bringing us to, it to us. Because it's also, it's a very positive and good story. It's also, it's a good story of the American dream. It doesn't matter which minority or you can be a majority in this country, but you can achieve great things if we all come together. Because it's a reminder that it's a parent's involvement, teachers, clergy, the community, the child itself, all coming together to achieve great things. So it's overall very, very positive. People are very excited about it. The other thing I usually do is screening with a program with me. Because for me, it's important not just to know the story, but to use it, I would say, as a case study about our own life. What is our dream? What do we want to achieve? How far we want to go? How do we go about to make it? So lots of people, when I involved in the conversation and talk with the crowd, they feel that the film really spoke to them and found them where they are and helped them to think about their own journey. So it's not about just Jeff's journey, which is fascinating and great, and it's part of Jewish history and present, but it's really about themselves also. And that was one of my other goals, to really use it to inspire other people. I found, speaking with folks, that uh, many Jews worldwide, uh, until they hear stories like this, thought that the only two Jewish astronauts were Judith Resnick, who died in uh, the Challenger disaster, and Ilan Ramon, who died in the Columbia disaster. Have you, has that uh, misconception, have you heard that a lot in just going around? I think that mostly people don't know in general. And we do often hear about like when somebody is the first, or the first person to land on the moon, the first person to go to space, uh, or if there is a tragedy. 
because every day, like if you ask people now, who are the people right now on the space station, most people don't know. So because it become like very well known, we have about over 600 astronauts by now, and now it's becoming open to commercial flights. So most people don't really follow it as much. So I would say that this is mostly what people think. They don't really know. The other thing, there are over 15 Jewish astronauts. The first one was actually Russian. The second was Judy Resnick. The third one was Jeff Hoffman. And there are many after. So if you look at uh, Wikipedia, you can get a full list of who they are. It's a very impressive and interesting list, for sure. So I'm also interested to know, what was the reception of this story at other film festivals you visited? You said you've been in over 40 film festivals worldwide at this point, which is amazing. Uh, Congratulations to you and your crew on, on that achievement. I know you've said you've been in religious film festivals and I think maybe even a space film festival. So I'm just curious how, how this fits in and how that story has been received in those contexts. So actually did submit the film to different type of festival because I wanted to reach different audiences. The Jewish one were like obvious because it's a Jewish story, but I like to learn about stories not just from my faith. I like to learn about all people and from different countries. So I did submit it to short film festival, documentary film festivals, space film festivals, and it was accepted to many. And the reaction is always very positive, especially those that accepted it. It's because they thought it was good in some way to their audiences. It was in several space festivals, like including Russia and in Australia. It was included in some short film festival in different parts of the globe. And people usually are very interested. For some people that never learn about an astronaut life, this is a nice, interesting way about his journey from childhood to adulthood and how he achieved that. For those that don't know anything about Judaism, for some of them, it's the first time being introduced to some Jewish thought and what the Torah is and what idea of tikkun olam and the idea of Hanukkah of bringing light to the world. These are some concepts that some of them never had opportunity to hear. So it's eye-opening. Again, it's like with me. I love to see film about different minorities and different countries and learn about different cultures. So this is an opportunity for other people to learn about our own Jewish culture. How have younger people versus older people reacted? Has there been a difference in reactions there? So young people, I have to say, when we have meetings with Jeff and I, they always have the most amazing, wonderful questions about how do you go to the bathroom in space? How do you sleep? These are great questions. Like, I didn't know any of these things, I would say, before I met Jeff. And it's actually thanks to the children that ask all of these questions that I learn more and more. So their curiosity about space, they also have great question to me. How do you make a film? If you didn't know, how do you start? And so we have a great conversation about being entrepreneur. And if you have a target and what, how do you do it if you aim to something? So this is something that's very important. The other thing that I have to say that was a little bit uh, surprising to me that many times when I work in with Jewish students, I would say more middle school and high school. The question is if Jeff felt comfortable being Jew in NASA and sharing in Judaism. And for me, it was a little bit sad that they're asking these questions 
Uh, but I guess this is what's the reality or what we're, what's the message in the Jewish community at the moment is. And I was very happy, and Jeff is happy to tell them that in NASA he never felt any issues and he felt always welcome. I told him that I felt the same things through my career, working in Jewish and non-Jewish institutions and meeting many different people. And I still think that in America today, you can still be openly Jewish and successful. And yes, there are some cases of anti-Semitism, but it's not the... Majority. It's not the mainstream. So I hope that it won't define the way they think about America and the world and really look at it, that most Jews are very successful in these countries and other minorities can be. And it's a great country. to. Is the dreidel story equally as impactful as the Torah story in the audience who've seen it? So I have to say that every time that they see it, when they play with the dreidel, everybody laugh. So it brings this kind of emotion. When they see the part with the Torah, and especially there is this beautiful melody of Ledor Vador of, of Cantor Mayor Finkelstein, that our, and Billy Novak is actually playing on his clarinet, and the kids are reading, everybody, many people actually start tearing up and feel very emotional. So each one of them in the film brings different emotion. And I think each one of them also has a different place and message. I would, the Dreadle is a game. It's that's joyful that we are playing with friends and all of that. It doesn't have as any, we can bring deep meaning to it, but it's a game from one, one holiday. The Torah has a very much more deeper meaning and has a lot in it. It's like a tree of life. There is so much in it that it's bringing and we all connect to it in a deeper way. So it definitely has a, diff- a, a deeper meaning. The other thing also, when Jeff is talking about Torah, he said that, that astronauts bring themselves many objects to space to make the object space, special. To come and say, ah, this dreidel was in space, this uh, stamp was in space, this book was in space. But in the case of the Torah, he said the Torah is already very special. So bringing the Torah to space is actually to make space more special, to bring the holiness of human life into space. So definitely the Torah has more deeper meaning in the film, but in the messaging that it's sending. I think the space Torah specifically is an interesting object to have returned in that, um, you know, people bring up these mementos and it is special in that it's unique. But those those things, they come back and they kind of die and become a museum piece. You know, hey, this is a one dollar bill that so and so brought to the moon. Here it is in a frame on the wall, whereas... The Torah, they brought it back and sewed it back into the Torah, and it's for use in that congregation there. I think that is very sacred and special and very different um, than a lot of those objects that have gone up there. I want to touch, since you just talked on it, watching the film, having seen it twice now, y'all did a great job of balancing out and drawing out emotions in all the different parts. Definitely the dreidel is very funny. And the scene where they're measuring how much can you bring up there and you put an actual Torah into the box. It's very funny and it's very poignant. Y'all did a great job. All the moments, the beats all hit very well. I very much enjoy that. Yeah. We wouldn't have this film without Rob Cooper, without Pam that asked the questions, without all of the wonderful crew that Rob brought together. It's the animation, it's the music in the background, it's how to edit it, how to bring it together, the music, the photography. It's, it's been really an honor and privilege, I would say, to, to be with those people and to see the creation that they made. Because I have to tell you that for some time, I did the fundraising, I did some of the research, and I gave all of the trust in Rob. But he was the one that would also 
working with everyone very closely. And I was all very nervous. How will it all come together? And I remember that he showed me some parts and other, and every time I was like so joyful by what they came and put together. So it's definitely fascinating what they did. It's absolutely amazing. Having produced this movie, has it changed anything for you and how you think about Jewish identity or uh, the space age? I realize those are kind of two questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Can you break it down? Can you <laughs> frame it again? Absolutely. So, so question one, after producing this movie and watched everyone receive it, has that changed your thoughts on Jewish identity at all? Not really, because Jewish identity, it's, it's again, it's part of the journey and the thing that enhance our life and what we do. I do enjoy, I would say, seeing the impact that this film and having this conversation, helping other people with their own Jewish journey. So when I'm meeting with young adult and through this, we have conversation about their own journey and with children and with communities. So seeing this impact is definitely as an educator, because in the profession of in some way, being with people on their own journey and helping them through this journey. And of course, I'm learning from all of them. But definitely to see the impact, I feel very fortunate that I asked Jeff to make a film because I also have to say that I didn't realize that how much this story will help actually to help to send engaging conversation about identity that otherwise, if I just came as an educator and talking with education, people wouldn't come and listen. But when it's a story about space and about an astronaut, it, people are interested with that, but then they come and they engage in their own conversation. So I, I would say that it mostly uh, impacted my journey as an educator and to understand in some way that you need to rebrand education and package it in a package that will be more appealing to people. Come and find them where they are and the stories that will connect them, the, the story that will be interesting for them, and through this to engage in, in the education piece. So at this point, how has that affected or changed your perception of the space program or, or the space age? However you want to think about it. So this is easy. <laughs> this is easy because I wasn't as engaged with space share with you I was looking at the sky and always since I actually met Jeff I looked at the moon differently it's not that I haven't seen film about the first spacewalk on on space and all of that but really knowing the person that now I can call him a friend firsthand and diving into his story and the fear and the family and the hard work that go into it that make it more humane and more accessible that I'm now more engaged in learning about space. So I'm, I know so much more in, about space that i known before I met Jeff. So it's definitely broadened my horizon in many different ways. And I still keep learning because I'm collaborating now with space education and space educators and, and engaging with them in conversation. Like last week, I was in, in touch with people at NASA and we were on a panel together and invited to, to give a talk at NASA and at the Air Force with the... So it's really again it's like fascinating i'm the, the space journey definitely took off during this meeting that is a surprise i've been turned back on to how the whole space industries have turned way up in the last few years and the timing has from my perspective it's turned up right around the time you launched you released your movie and then they're like hey who wants to buy a ticket on a rocket 
And it was, we've just been in this really interesting place in the last few years. Whereas before it seemed you had to go to the science page in the newspaper to find out about space. Now it's all the front of the headlines and dominating all the news. It's, it's pretty interesting how that's changed. For sure. It's fascinating. And I have to say that through my work now, I see also the investment in space education. I was recently, I'm connected with a wonderful woman, Vered Cohen Barzilla in Israel. She started a project called Out of the Box that she has high school students from several countries around the globe to learn together about entrepreneurship and space education. And I see her work and Jeff and I were did a screening with her group several times. And to see her work, I recently was in, in Washington DC at the Milton School in second grade. Their teacher, Melinda, is she's a pilot and she's teaching them about space from a second grade, which was like mind-blowing. So to see all of these things is wonderful. And, for, and of course, the commercial flight that actually opened it to, to more and more people uh, made a huge difference because there's more possibilities. There are more industry. There are more jobs in the field. More and more people are going into this direction. And I see it also in Israel very much, as I mentioned earlier, the Ramon Foundation, the Space Week, and, and many other organizations. Has the production and sharing of this story changed how Dr. Hoffman thinks about his Jewish identity or Jewish identity in the space age? So I, from my observation, I think it did, definitely, because some of these questions helped him dig inside and put it out outside. The other thing that he many times kind of laughed, he, he said, you, ma- you made me like the spokesman of the Jewish people, which he didn't put himself to be one. He's an astronaut, he's a scientist. Most of the things that he did were private. The idea was that I'm going to do it and share it with my community or share it with my family. It wasn't unlike the Israeli astronaut that he, he saw himself as the representative of the Jewish people and the Jewish state. Jeff saw himself as a NASA astronaut, a scientist that do these things more privately. I think the first time, and we see it in the film, when he played with a dreidel and he didn't realize that the camera was on and everybody in America saw it, this is the first time that it actually became public. And with the Torah, is actually when I decided, when I reached out to make it, now it's become this well-known thing and that he can't avoid. People know him as the Jewish astronaut and the Jewish journey in space. So how does a Torah going to space matter to a Jewish people who are mostly secular? Because it's a religious object. So uh, this is an amazing and good question, Jacob. And I have to tell you that it's been a challenge, actually, with some secular Jews, that for them it was like, why was it important for him to take a Torah? And they feel it. I don't know if some, again, I don't, I don't get into every secular Jew in their brain and I don't want to speak for all of them. But some of them find that religion doesn't have really space in our world and it may be some ancient ideas that are not relevant. And I think that in some way it, it's puzzling to see this very smart professor, astronaut, that very engaged in the most advanced technologies, see that there is a value. So I think it actually makes some th- people think, and this is one of the reasons that I wanted to bring it to Israel and engage also with secular Jews, is to come and ask. First of all, it's his story, so it's not necessarily a message for everyone. This is his personal story, and you can agree with this or not. There is nothing to agree or not. It's his life. In his journey. But if they will ask like secular, I would say especially like secular children, that their 
mind is not absolutely, it's still shaping and thinking. And also in every way, age, we can change our perspective and ideas. But if some people don't understand why Torah is important, maybe they will ask Jeff what's important about that. Or maybe they will ask me, why is it important to a non-observant Jew to take it or to bring it to space? What is it in it that maybe he sees that they don't see it? I think there's something beautiful in the way that the chronology of the movie comes out in Dr. Hoffman's personal sharing about how his Judaism developed over the course of his life and over the course of his adulthood through his relationship with the different rabbis who were encouraging this that I think speaks to helping people maybe answer those questions too. And maybe it will open something for them of understanding, realization, that you don't need to be religious to understand some of the big ideas that the Torah brings. And it doesn't matter who wrote it and why. And But this is our story for thousands of years. Because life is a journey. Life is a journey. And that's my big message. Professionally, personally, we evolve, we change. I'm not the same person I was a year ago, five years ago. I'm not going to be the same person in, in the future. We are, from every interaction, from every event, we grow and, and we have a different realization. So I hope that this film will help people on their own journey and think about either professionally, their spiritual or Jewish life or non-Jewish life, their community life. As an educator, as a parent, wherever they will connect with this film, I want them to, I, I hope that it will make them more than just seeing it and come and say, ah, check, interesting, okay, now I know, cool. But really to touch them wherever it is and help them on their journey. So how do you think future spacefaring Jews can be Jewish in space? So one of the things for sure that we learned from Jeff, that we need to adapt Judaism. We can't light candles as easy as we do it here on Earth. You need to have it like in a vacuum and in a box and all of that. Sun sunrise and sunset every 90 minutes. So what does it mean about Shabbat and the day and prayers? So we definitely, you can't drink wine from an open Kiddush cup because the wine becomes into bubbles and floats. So you need to have it in a box or in a bag or and drink it like that. So there's definitely lots of adaptation that we need to do. But it's not the first time that we're adapting. It's like when, when the temple in Jerusalem was built, people used to go three times a year to the temple. And when the Jews were, they were exiled and we went to different countries, we built synagogues and we created and we prayed to the direction of Jerusalem, even though we weren't able in many period of time to be there. So it's not the first time that Judaism adapt. And it will be just adapting to different uh, physicality of the gravity and all of that. Several people already, and Jeff, because he went on five space missions, he already played with some of it. He tried Hanukkah in space, he tried Pesach in space, Shabbat in space, reading a Torah in space. So it will be fun to engage him, I would say, with more conversation. This is actually one of my goals in the future, maybe to raise more fund and have more recording with him to talk about some of the other adaptation that we need to do as we move to space. There's some words you use there I really liked. You said he played with it and had fun with it. I think that's a big piece of whoever is evolving and adapting it, that they need to have fun and play there. Look, one of the, one of the big ideas of Judaism is joy. We don't emphasize it enough, but this is a, it's one of the Jewish values. So to bring joy in any opportunity, it's a very important thing. Absolutely. So if you were going to space, what would you bring with you? 
So I would love to bring a candlestick and Shabbat candles, even though I will have to adapt them. Because this ritual is very meaningful for me every Friday and every holiday I light candles. Because it's also reminds me that it's up to us to bring light to the world. And with the ritual of doing with the hands and bringing light in is to empower the individual to know that we are the light. We are the one. Each one of us is a small light and we need to work on it. So for me, it has a very important symbol. And it's important for me as a reminder that it's an ancient tradition, but it's so relevant and remind me every week my role in the world. And also that I'm empowered to do that. I don't just wait for somebody from outside to bring light and to do it, but it's in my hand. And for me, it's a very important message. How can people watch Space Torah? And as a second question, is there a special showing options for schools and camps? So absolutely, people can watch it. They can reach out to me. And my email is spacetorah at gmail.com or they can go out to our website at spacetorahproject.com and just email me and say I'm interested in screening and I can help you to coordinate that. We do charge a screening fee or if it's an individual that wants to watch it, I will send a link and I encourage people to give a donation to the project. We are a nonprofit organization working through the Center for Independent Documentary and all funding is actually going to uh, develop more resources and to have screening for different communities. So absolutely, everybody can have access to it today if they want. Just email me and be in touch with me. What other stories connecting Judaism and Jewish people to, to either the space age or to things that we're kind of on the cusp of right now in this age of technology that you think are that are kind of yet to be told? So some of the things that they're hitting, it's up to us to discover and that's what I tell people, pay attention, ask people, to listen to them, and maybe we'll find out. There are definitely many wonderful people that are working on amazing projects, and there are many good stories to tell. It just if today you mentioned the era of TikTok and Instagram, it become easier to share. And like through your podcast, it's great that you are doing it and bringing different people. So hopefully we will be able to share more stories. Is there a new project you're working on right now or a new book that you're writing? So at the moment, I'm actually focusing on translating the book that I just finished a few months ago with my father and, ta- and taking the space Torah to where it should be and the impact. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to Israel in March. And this will include actually starting the Jeff Hoffman archive as part of the Israel National Library, because it was important for me that it will be a story that, that everybody has access beyond me and Jeff in the future. And we're going to meet with the president of Israel. We're going to meet with some universities, with youth. So I'm focusing a lot about this coming tour and the impact that this will make, including meeting with people at Space IL and with the Israeli astronaut Ethan Stiba. And I'm sure that this will open a door to some other things. So one of the things that I like to also know that even if I don't have a specific things right now lined up, I know that some exciting things are awaiting and I just need to find them and uncover them and notice them as they come. Well, thank you so much for this interview and answering all of these questions. Really enjoyed the, the depth and breadth that we went into today talking about the Space Torah Project and Jewish identity in the 21st century. And I'm really excited for you on this trip that you're taking as an ambassador for the Space Torah into Israel. Thank you very much for inviting me and wanting to hear the story and share it with the audience. 
Uh, it's been really an honor for me you know, to know Jeff, to know you, to share the story and for the opportunity. So I'm feeling very thankful that I uh, am able to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. That was the episode. If you're interested in showing or seeing the Space Torah documentary, which I highly recommend, you will laugh, you will tear up, you will feel feelings. It is a great 30-minute film. It is excellent to watch with the group and discuss afterwards. If you want to see it, you can. It's available. All you need to do is contact Rachel Ross. There is a screening fee for showing with groups, and she will ask if you're an individual to make a donation to the film society that they are a part of. But it is accessible and available and highly recommended. So please reach out. Go to spacetoraproject.com or send Rachel an email at spacetorah.com at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to hearing about your community's reception of the Space Torah movie. Onward. Shalom. This episode of Space Midrash was directed by me, Jacob Sager, right here on planet Earth and produced by Brand New Colors, LLC.